Hi everyone, I'm JJ Hornblast and welcome to The Roadmap from Auto Finance News. Since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. Welcome, this is our weekly wrap for what's happening in auto finance for November 23, 2020. Before beginning, a thanks to our advertisers, Defy and FIS for their continuing support, so thank you. And welcome to Joey Pizzolatto, Deputy Editor of Auto Finance News, and Amanda Harris, Associate Editor of Auto Finance News. Uh, welcome to you both. This week, um, uh, or recently, early data shows that Moderna's coronavirus vaccine is 94.5% effective, which means that both the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines are now plus 90% in their efficacy rate. Uh, while President Trump continued to try to unwind the election day vote, President-elect Biden's cabinet has started to take shape with key members being assigned for nomination. The U.S. home sales um, in October rose to a 14-year high. The CDC has urged Americans to avoid Thanksgiving travel this week. And finally, an Indonesian man turned an unusual bit of property damage into a fortune when he sold the meteorite that crashed through his roof for over $1 million. He was working outside his home in Sumatra when the meteorite crashed through the roof of his house and landed outside, and when he picked it up, it was still hot. We have um, uh, the, news in, the news this week I want to start with an update on the ABS market um, and, and just get a sense for what's happening on the securitization market for auto-backed um, securities. Um, who wants to take that one? Oh, I will. It's my favorite. Um, so, so last week we saw about $4 billion get injected into the auto ABS market after um, just about a month of no activity. Um, as of now, uh, we are sitting at, or as of not November 19th, we are sitting at about $92 billion um, in total volume, uh, which is about 12% behind um, that same uh, volume last year at $104.4 billion. Um, total uh, securitizations last year end were $111 billion. Um, and so it's not really looking like there's any hope to catch up with that number. Um, Paul, long, long and short of it. Now, do you, I mean, is there, uh, you know, is there an, a bottom line ramification to that? In other words, I mean, we've got, we've got auto car sales that are on a year over year basis still behind last year's, but not necessarily minus 12%. Um, so it seems like autos are, are being able to be financed despite the, uh, I guess, somewhat reluctance on the ABS market, no? Well, yeah. Um, so the, the ABS market, um, as far as um, investor appetite, is still very strong from what we're hearing. Um, I think uh, the, the the lack in volume is really that month we saw at the beginning of the year where the um, markets dried up. Um, if you remember, we looked into lenders' liquidity 
Um, and while a lot of them uh, do rely on the ABS market to secure funding, um, every auto lender had, had a significant amount of liquidity in reserves to kind of make up for that. And like you mentioned, you know, sales aren't, are still pacing behind last year. They're not quite, um, you know, that far behind um, as the ABS volume is. Uh, but I think, I think that um, as far as ramifications go, um, they're, they're probably um, few and far between. Do you have a sense for um, what what we should expect from the ABS market in 2021 already? Yes, um, at least at least you know given uh, the current trajectory of the economy, um, lenders are planning on returning to their normal cadence. Some securitize four times a year. If you're Santander, maybe you securitize nine times a year. Um, other smaller subprime lenders were securitized uh, maybe twice, maybe once. And I think the general consensus, as, as I mentioned, investor appetite is still strong. And with markets continuing to stay open, lenders will return back to normal. Um, so capital availability, not necessarily uh, an issue for, for the forthcoming year. Nope, not yet. We'll see. Knock on wood. The 10,000 mile lease, why are, um, are auto finance companies originating those leases today? So I'll take that one. Um, it's kind of a mix of a few things. Uh, one, there was a decline in leasing um, in part due to these you know, 0% offers and things that we saw out there, um, pretty high incentives uh, during the pandemic as sales were struggling kind of made some consumers go that route uh, versus leasing. Um, we also know consumers aren't driving as much. Um, so that's another reason they might look to maybe like a used car um, versus leasing. Um, and that's also why lenders are trying to, you know, maybe pump up leasing a little bit by offering these lower mileage options. As people are driving less and less, they don't necessarily need the normal 12, 15,000 mile lease. So it becomes more attractive to have a 36 month lease that's 10,000 miles. Um, we're also seeing a slight you know, adoption of even lower uh, miles terms of 7,500. Um, that's still a very small part of the market where we're not saying that that's gonna be you know, a huge thing going forward, but we are seeing you know, some people um, kind of going that route and lenders offering that really just to meet this new need of customers wanting um, you know, another option since they're not driving quite as much. So a couple different things in there um, that are driving them to offer this and for people to jump on board and get them. It seems like the kind of thing that in a couple of years uh, consumers might regret. <laughs> so that is one of the, the risks, right? Like, so you could get a 10,000 mile lease now saying, my car's been sitting in the driveway for months. Um, so that might be an attractive offer to me. Maybe I don't want to buy a new car. I can lease one for, you know, 10,000 miles or even lower. But in a couple years, you know, we might hopefully we'll be out of this and people might start going back to the work commute. Uh, so there is a risk associated for the consumer um, taking that lower mileage that they could go over and obviously incur some other fees. Um, but I think the thinking is that right now, the way people are going, this is another way to meet that changing need. Um, and for many, they're probably thinking they're their work from home situation may not change very quickly. And that, that I think is a fair, fair thing. I don't think companies are gonna bring people back in any time in the super near future, um, at least not in you know, 100% capacity or 
might be seeing more remote positions permanently, myself included. Um, so, you know, you just you just have to see what's going to happen. But I think that's the the turn the drive behind these. Is there a sense, Amanda? I'm, I've never seen this data, but I mean, is there? Have you ever have you seen any data on industry wide the the percentage of of leased vehicles that go over the mileage cap? I have not seen that like actual data. I know anecdotally, just from talking with these lenders that that are offering these, um, that that is a concern for people who do go lower. But I don't think it's just from what I've heard. I don't think it's a huge concern. I think when people take these, they're really looking at what their lifestyles look like. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, the people who tend to lease tend to go back and lease again. They're, they're pretty big on, on releasing. I've, I've got some in-laws who do that as well. They're, they're not big on buying cars they want to lease. Um, so they're, they're pretty, I think they're pretty uh, good about looking at their mileage and keeping track of that. Right. Okay, good. It's a different type of um, and, and just to, in terms of like the expectation among lessors is, is that these numbers are going to continue to go up in terms of the number, the volume of 10,000 mile leases out there? Yeah, I think, you know, we've seen a very small shift. It's only about, you know, 5% shift between the, you know, the 10,000 and the 12,000. So it's not really enough to say that this will be the ongoing trend. Um, we're seeing this right now. It could be it just, I think it really just depends on how long we're in this situation. And the longer we're in the situation, the longer companies continue to do work from home. I think we will see adoption of the, the lower mileage leases go up. Um, but it really just depends. And because it's such a small, you know, mix kind of change, um, it's not really enough for me to say that this would be like the new normal, right? I think the 12,000 will still end up being you know, the, the, the main one. Um, but of course, when it comes to like premium vehicles and things like that, 10,000 has always been the main one. Um, so that's part of it as well. Um, so I think it's just, mm -hmm. we're gonna have to see what, how long this will stay, this will stay and how popular these will be going forward. But yeah. for right now, it seems, it seems to be what they need to push. All right, so Joey, and other than having turkey on Thanksgiving, what else is in store for our readers this week? Sure. Um, we have a look at um, one uh, captive's revamped incentive programs um, in light of its support of its OEM. And we will also have um, a fun listicle for you about, um, you know, auto fi the auto finance industry takes place in Black Friday or takes part, excuse me, in Black Friday, too. Um, so so we're going to look at that and, and see what kind of sales the auto, auto lenders have going on. Very nice. Well, uh, please don't uh, hesitate to rate us on your podcasting platform and visit us at autofinancenews.net and on Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, we appreciated you being here. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.